If you're a first or second time guest with us this morning or watching us on Facebook, we're really glad that you're here and watching. Today, I don't really know what's going to happen, but honestly, this week I was a little bit calm over the fact that I hadn't even started my sermon until 2.30 Friday afternoon, and usually by then I'm working on the PowerPoint. And I wasn't sure when I was mowing the yards Friday uh, what I was even going to preach. Um, so here we go. We're going to be on an adventure together. I remembered a book that I wanted to share on uh, a long, long time ago called The Church of the Church God Blesses by Jim Cimbala, who is the leader of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York City. Correct? New York City? So we're going to begin a series based on that book, but I want to start out today by talking about the life that God blesses. And then next week we'll begin to look at how that affects the church. So this is kind of an introduction, but it's about you. Because your blessed life will cause the church to be blessed, right? So I hope that you're blessed by being with us today. And I hope that you're transformed by being in the presence of God. So we're going we're gonna to talk about words like blessed and favoritism. How many of you know there's such a thing as the favor of God? Um, when I was in high school, uh, there was a teacher who really, really liked my brother Denny. And in fact, uh, he started to ask Denny to come in early and he gave him keys to all of his cabinets in his room. And uh, he was one of the, one of the, what do you call it, like the... Um, you know, like the, the woodworking, the ceramics, the plastics, shop teacher. He's one of the shop teachers. And, uh, you know, he obviously saw what I saw in my brother, Denny, uh, just a great kid um, outside of church and outside of school, made a lot of mistakes. And he'll admit that to you today if he was sitting here. Um, but there was something about his work ethic. There was something about, uh, there was just something about him that attracted you to him. And so, uh, Mr. Reisky showed my brother favoritism. He gave him the keys to his cabinets, to all his materials. And then when I started growing up, and when, by the time I got in 10th or 11th grade, he kept talking about this guy, so I actually took plastics just to meet the teacher. And Mr. Reisky fell in love with me, and so he ended up, after Denny graduated, or even before he graduated, I think Denny and I both had a set of keys to his office and to all of his materials that the school supplied. And so people, kids would get mad. They were like, why do you have keys to Mr. Reisky's office? And, you know, they, they, would, they were mad. Why are you his favorite? You're the teacher's pet. Anybody here, can you admit that at one point in your life you were the teacher's pet? Raise your hand if that's you. At some point, at least you thought you were. She may have never told you. Wow, that's good. And the rest of you were very jealous of us, but... I don't know, we just have a certain gravitas about us that people show us favoritism. Favoritism is difficult, isn't it? When you see somebody else getting it. But I think most of us can admit, because I had a lot of kids in school that were mad at me over something that I was not in control of. I didn't choose it, the teacher chose it. There, there must have been a connection that he had with our family that he just really was drawn to. I'm hoping you're listening because we're going to be talking about God showing you favoritism. Something that our teacher was really drawn to. Something about our spirit. 
that the teacher was drawn to. And I know you know what I'm talking about because in our family units, we are all convinced that another sibling is the favorite of mom and the favorite of dad. And you know what that usually is? It's usually just the fact that that parent has a lot in common with that one child. It's Because here's what I know parents will tell you. It's not that they love them any more than you. I want you to don't get your mind on parents. Think of God, okay? This is where we're going over the next couple. It's not that the parent, the father, loves that child more. They just may have the same interests or they just have a connection. But to the other sibling, it looks like favoritism. And often, because of our pride, even as children, it causes a lot of problems in the family. And we start getting depressed and angry and starting to act out and angry because we think mom and dad doesn't love us when actually there's just a special connection going on. And if you're the person that has the favor, don't feel bad about that. Don't forget we're talking about God. I'm just using parents as an illustration. If you have the favor of your father or mother, don't feel guilty about that. It's just a special connection. Now, I hope that everyone in this room and listening on Facebook... I hope you at least want to live a blessed life. So let's just ask, how many want to live a blessed life? I hope there's not one hand that doesn't go, thank you. I wondered if you were going to raise it. Good job, Josh. Even the kids, we want to live the blessed life. Wait a minute, let me rephrase it. I hope that you all want to live a God-blessed life. How many want that? All right, more hands went up. You know why? Because most of us think that a blessed life means that you have a lot of things. That's what we think blessed means. I have more than one car, more than one house, enough money to pay tithes and go to sheets. You know, since God is usually the opposite of what is driving our culture, do you understand that he wants much more for you than just things? Noticed I didn't say that things aren't a sign of God's blessing on you. God just wants more for you than just things. Amen? I hope you amen that. that yes. Give me, Lord. Give me more, Lord. I want much more than just a submissive wife. I want much more than just a submissive husband. I want much more than just five cars and a big house. In the book of Genesis, there's a place where Jacob, before he died, he speaks about his 12 sons. And when Jacob speaks about his 12 sons, he talks about what they've already done, everything that's happened in their life. And some of what he mentions in Genesis is not pretty at all. And it's really a picture of how we stand under the law. All of us would be embarrassed if all of our words and deeds were laid out right here under the light in front of everybody according to God's word. Am I wrong or right? Would all of us be embarrassed about some of the things that if God were to shed it all right here on a table in front of everybody, all the words that you've ever spoken, all the deeds you've ever done, most of us would be embarrassed by it all, wouldn't we? But in the end of the book of Deuteronomy, when they're on the verge of entering into the promised land, Moses, on the eastern side of the Jordan River, after he writes a song and teaches it to the Israelites, he begins to pray slash prophesy slash predict 
he slash encourages. He begins to speak in a prophetic way God's plan and will and purpose for these sons. And they're all different. All these boys are different. And when you read Deuteronomy chapter 33, and you can start turning there if you want, because that's where we're going to begin. Deuteronomy chapter 33. If you didn't bring a Bible, the black Bible's in front of you under the chair. It's page 206, 206. Deuteronomy chapter 33. When you read chapter 33 of Deuteronomy, you'll find that Moses spoke these words right before his death. And these words are words of blessings. And these blessings spoken over these sons were not according to what they deserved. Let me repeat that. These blessings that Moses is about to speak over these boys are not blessings that they deserved. They were spoken according to God's grace. How many are thankful this morning for the grace of God? Who gives us what we don't deserve, gives us what we don't deserve, and keeps us from what we deserve. In your notes, just to start out, just to let you know, I'm loving my new Office 365 because now I can make up some really cool slides. We're going to be talking about the church that God blesses, right? So that's the slide that's going to be our slide for the next couple of weeks because I want you to think about our church. We want to be a church that God blesses. God blesses us according to his mercy and grace, not according to what we deserve. I know the crowd is low today, but I hope at least some of you are really on fire for God, even in the middle of summer when you, think, when you wish you stayed in bed this morning. Let me repeat that. God blesses us according to his mercy and grace, not according to what we deserve. All right, let's be a little charismatic this morning. We need to understand this statement because so many of us get bent out of shape when things don't work out the way we think they should. In other words, we finally start to tithe. After years, we make a commitment to come back to church. We get back to reading our Bible and praying, and two weeks later, an unexpected bill comes in the mail or we lose our job, or someone in our family dies, or we catch our spouse cheating, and we freak out. We lose it. Do you want to know why? Because we thought that it was all of our efforts that brings the blessing of God. In your notes, we think that the blessings of God comes automatically from our good deeds. Now, I capitalized automatically because we're going to talk about that in a minute. We think that the blessings of God comes automatically from our good deeds. We get impatient and we want instant results from our giving, doing, and our attendance. Well, I started tithing two weeks ago, and this is what God does to me? Sends an unexpected bill in the mail? I thought Pastor Mark said that God said... I'm pretty sure in that tithing sermon, Pastor Mark said, if you start tithing, it doesn't mean everything's going to work out perfect. And why would you think the enemy's going to be happy that you just started being faithful in your giving? So you might want to let it play out a little bit longer for the blessings of God, for you to see the blessings of God. And perhaps you forgot about what happened last week. 
Remember that car that was given to you? What were you going to say, angel? We don't sow and reap in the same season necessarily. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Listen, that unexpected bill was coming whether you tithed or not probably. So why are you tying it into your faithfulness to God that you're being punished? That is not biblical. So why are you going there? You know why? Because you're believing the lie of the enemy in your mind. Here's what's really interesting. We give, we tithe, we do, we serve, and we go to church. But we don't do anything about the sin in our lives. And we expect God to just keep pouring the blessings out on us. Listen, this isn't about making you feel guilty. This is about waking you up. I want to be woke up about this. I want to be working on the sin areas of my lives and not just to keep expecting God to bless me if I'm not serving Him. He's not a vending machine. If, if you think He is, then you've got the wrong perception of who God is. A vending machine is just that God's there for when you want something and you go ask for it and He just gives it to you. And then you think you're being blessed. I love it. I, say, I know I say this all the time, but I'm really trying to get this across to you. I love it when people come in and say, God blessed us this week with a brand new truck. No, you owe a bank $40,000. I don't know if that's actually a blessing from God. You just went into debt. Right? So we got to be careful. We got to be careful of our perception of who God is. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I don't get blessed according to what I do because I would be in a lot of trouble. Everything that God does for us is because of His mercy and grace. Would you agree? We don't get what we deserve. That's justice. You don't want justice from God. How many of you would rather have mercy and grace than justice? Right? Come on. Everything that God does for us is by His mercy and grace. No one ever earns anything from God. I mean, these sons that Moses is about to pray over have already really messed up. And yet Moses, through Moses, God, by His mercy and grace, although they're not perfect, who can relate to that, is pronouncing blessing on them. So God wants to do that for you, even if you're in sin this morning. He still wants to pronounce blessing over you. That's what he wants for you. To live a blessed life, not a sinful life. Listen, we're only going to look at one part of this, but I challenge you to read through Deuteronomy 33. Look at each blessing and ask God how it may apply to your life or for all of us as a church. You're going to have to take your time with them. Today we're just going to look at what Moses spoke over Joseph, but I challenge you to do that. So just for information, Jacob had 12 sons that made up the 12 tribes of Israel, and those were the 12 tribes that were about to possess the land. Now, if you look into it, you'll know that Levi and Joseph are no longer around, but they were replaced with Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. 
So even though they're not really there, they're represented by the tribe, okay? So there's lots that I'm not going to go into, um, but just remember this one thing. Remember that God puts everything in the Bible for a reason. So look what Moses spoke, speaks over Joseph, over the tribe of Joseph, starting with verse 13 in Deuteronomy 33. You're going to see that it's part prayer, part prophecy. Okay, here we go, verse 13. About Joseph, Moses said this, May the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven. Wow. Can you imagine that blessing on your life? I don't know what the precious dew from heaven is, but it sounds so poetic and so awesome, I want it. I want the dew of heaven in my life. Am I the only one? Okay, let me try it again. I want the dew of heaven in my life. Don't, don't only say it if that's what you want. Because I think today we're going to be making declarations with our amens. Who wants the precious dew of heaven in their life? Right. Precious dew from heaven above and with the deep waters that lie below. With the best sun brings forth and the finest the moon can yield. Now this is poetic for day and night. Blessings for the whole day and blessings while he's sleeping. That's 24-hour blessing. Wow. Moses, pray that over me. Verse 15. With the choicest gifts of the ancient mountains and the fruitfulness of the everlasting hills, not only will he be blessed, but the land he possesses will be blessed. Not just the fertile land down by the river, but the rocky mountainsides will produce fruit. The hard times of your life, fruit will come from that. That's the kind of blessing I want. Now, when I say that, that's when you're supposed to amen if that's what you want. That's the kind of blessing I want. Verse 16, with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness. And now to sum it all up. And the favor of him, who's him? God, who dwelt in the burning bush. Who's saying this? Who's praying this? Moses. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince. How many of you know, men that are in this room, you're a prince in God's eyes? Here's proof. Women, you're princesses in God's eyes. On the brow of the prince among his brothers. What a blessing, right? 24-hour blessings with the best fruits that will come from the land and the mountains, and then you add the favor of God on your head, and then prince status, and the fact that this is coming from the very man who heard God speak from a burning bush. I mean, wow. We don't need to read the rest of the blessings. I'll take this one. I'll take this. 24 hours a day. Do you know, do you know why I want you to choose holiness over sin? Do you know why the Intimacy of God series was perhaps the most important series we've ever done together? Do you know why it's so crucial for us to be obedient to God? Do you know what I want more for you than anything else in this life? In your notes. The most precious thing to have in the whole world is the favor or blessing of God. The most precious thing to have in the whole world is the favor and blessing of God. The favor of God on a believer, think about that. The favor of God on a family. The favor of God on a pastor. 
The favor of God on a church. The favor of God on a city is the most precious thing that you can ever obtain or have in this world. Because in your notes, when God's blessing is on you, when his favor is with you, it's not because you are perfect. Just read about Judah and his little episode with Tamar. That's all you got to do is read that story. It's not because you're perfect. And it's not something you can earn. No. This is blessing. This is favor that comes by the grace of God. Just because He loves you. You cannot earn it. Well then, why are you telling me I have to get out of sin? That sounds like I have to do something. Because sin harms your relationship with God. Okay? And you know, getting out of sin is not supposed to be difficult for the believer. It's not supposed to seem like work. The reason it's work is because you're battling between two masters. If you just choose the one, you can tell the other one to take a hike. It's that easy. Not today, Satan. Get out of my mind in the name of Jesus. I will not believe what you're telling me, Pastor Mark, thinks of me. I will not believe that he's staring right at me and wrote this sermon for me. Get out of my mind. I have the favor of God on my life. Just start declaring it, even if you don't feel it. Wow. Where, will there still be battles if the blessing of God is on someone? You bet. But somehow and some way, God will always supply and will always get you through it. Even though you may walk through the valley... He will bring you up to the mountain someday. Even though there are tears for the night, joy is coming in the morning. See, we have to know Scripture. Does everyone have the favor of God on their life? No. This is the hard part. Does everyone get honored for serving the church and get a gift? No. Sometimes we blow it and we forget it. We do fail you when we do that because we're going to try to do better as a church in honoring people. But the fact is, is not everyone has the favor of God on their life. In fact, not every church has the blessing of God. Do the, does the church have Bibles? Yes. Do they believe those Bibles? Yes. Does that church pray? Yes. Is there false doctrine being taught? No. Is the blessing of God on it? Not always. Not every church has it, but some do. Look at this verse from the book of Acts about the church of Antioch. This was one of the first interracial, multicultural churches in existence. So if any church ever had a reason to have problems and issues inside this church, this was the first church where blacks and whites were mixed, and different religions were mixed, and different cultures were mixed. Acts 11, 21-23. This is about the church in Antioch. The Lord's hand was with them. Father, I'm just going to pray that over this church right now. We already feel it, Father, but we want you to unleash. We want your hand to be with us as a church in the name of Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them in Antioch. And what was the result of having the favor of God on your church? And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Hmm, numbers do matter to God. 
you may ask, well, what did they do to earn such favor so that we can have it? Verse 22, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived, guess what he saw? What brings favor? The grace of God. He saw what the grace of God had done in Antioch. And you know what, you know what else matters besides numbers? Verse 23 goes on. He was so glad and encouraged, that, or he was, he was glad and he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord. Ding, ding, ding. Maybe that's what brings favor. You have the intimacy with God series. Maybe it's also remaining faithful to the Lord. Remain true to the Lord with all of your hearts. Maybe that's another key right there on how to receive the favor of God. We at least know it's a key on how to keep the favor of God, right? By reading that. Remaining true to the Lord, not just with part of your heart, but with all your heart. Now, here, let's ask some real questions. Did everyone in Antioch get saved? No. But man, did the church explode. Do you know Why? Because the hand of God was with them. In your notes, having the hand of God with you means power or favor or authority. That's just part of what it means. If you did an in-depth study, you'd find out it means a lot more than that. This is just for a quick statement. Having the hand of the Lord with you means that you have power, you have favor, and you have authority. Especially when the right hand of God is mentioned. It's a special place of power, favor, and authority. So listen, there are different styles of preaching and worship in every church. There are different doctrinal issues in every denomination. There are different church cultures. But what do you, but do you know what really matters? None of that matters. What matters is being a church and a people who have the hand of God with them. The favor of God, the blessing of God. As a church, my prayer is we want the blessing that God told Moses to put on Joseph. I'm asking that for our church. The blessing of God, when you're awake and when you're sleeping, no matter what you're doing, the blessing of God is on you. Now, is it on, so we ask the question, does everyone have the favor of God? No. Let's get a little bit more nitpicky and cause some good conversations to happen about Pastor Mark at lunchtime. Is the favor of God on every Christian in every church? No. And I can prove that about a church at least when I, when I, well, I can prove it about a lot of people in the Bible too. Was the blessing of God on the church of Laodicea? The church that Jesus said he was going to vomit out of his mouth. Remember the church where he said, I'm outside knocking. Are you going to let me in? Are you going to stop all that crap in there and let me in? You know what I'm talking about because you yourself have met ministers and you knew in your spirit right away that something was not right about them. But you also walked into some churches and the blessing of God was so heavy that your knees began to buckle and you were only in the foyer. You walked into the church and there was a spirit of joy, a spirit of life. There was just energy. There wasn't no death. There was no fighting. There was no division, no gossip. You know the churches that have no conversions and no baptisms. What is lacking is the blessing of God on that church. 
The sign of blessing is conversions and baptisms. I'm sorry, but it's numbers. You don't get the blessing of God from seminary. You don't even get it from the knowledge of the Bible. And you definitely don't get it from having techniques on how to do church. Buildings don't bring the favor of God. We just use buildings. Now, I must say this because of the numbers thing. Is the favor of God only with large churches? No. I know some of this is rhetorical, but some of us need to hear it. No, but, but if they are exploding with people, it is very likely that they either have really good programs and lots of money or they have the favor of God. And I guarantee you, you know how you know? When you go talk to the pastor and he goes, I don't know what we did. We just exploded. We really didn't do anything and we don't even know how we're going to maintain this. We're, we're scrambling just to form teams to, to, to try to maintain and manage all that God is doing. Favor of God. Now, does every Christian have the favor or blessing of God on their life? We said no. And you see this from, for yourself because you, you see Christians bounce from one bad decision to another. One bad situation to another. There's no wisdom in one choice. And then you think, will they learn? Nope. They make another one. Are they Christian? Yes. They're our brothers and sisters and we will fight for them. But do they have the favor that was resting on Joseph and his two sons? Probably not. In your notes. I want you to understand why this is so important. Because the favor of God on your life, when you secure it, it affects your children and your children's children and their children. This is a generational thing that gets passed on. This is why you want the favor of God on your life. Because there's a ripple effect into the future. The reason why I asked the Holy Spirit to help me with this is because I'm not saying I understand all of this. I can't sit here and say, I know why Bobby has favor of God in her life and I don't. I can't say that I know the answer to that. But all I hope you do today is begin to ask for it. And God will show you probably what you need to do personally to get the favor of God in your life. Some of it's just the basics of Christianity. So the Apostle Paul asks a question, which was really cool because I didn't even know I had bullet. I knew I had the bulletins, but I didn't realize I was going to be using the scripture. And when I, when I saw the bulletins on the pile of bulletins that I ordered, I grabbed it because I love the fact that the cover of the bulletin has this passage. And I didn't know it was going to be in my sermon today until Saturday afternoon. The Apostle Paul asks a question in a great chapter that can also steer you towards the favor of God. Read the whole chapter of Romans chapter 8. Because Paul asks later on, way down in the, in the chapter, if God is for us. Okay, so that tells me that maybe he's not with everybody. But if he's for us, who can be against us? Now you must know that God is for every believer. Why else would he offer salvation, right? He, he is for every believer. But I know that some of you have even driven through a town. How many of you have driven through a town and you just sensed like there was a dark cloud over the entire city? You could just tell there was a heavy spirit as you drove through this little town or big town. 
God's blessing is not there. That's why you felt what you felt. And yet, you can walk into a certain person's home and there's just a peace that fills the house. And it's so powerful, you either want to move in with them or you just want to lay on their couch and take a nap. Growing up, my pastor's house was like that. Every time, I don't know, it was so weird. I would walk in just to pick up something and I just wanted to go over to his couch and lay down there for the rest of the day. There was something about the atmosphere of his home. It was blessed. And I didn't want to leave. I hope and pray that the number one desire on your heart and the thing that you pray for the most after today is that the favor of God will be with you and the blessing of God will be on you. That is more important than anything else in this life. And that is what I want for you more than anything else. In every area of your life, your family, your finances, your gifts, your talents, your ministry, your job. Remember, whether you're a church or a person, it's never about perfection. Just look at some of the heroes of our faith in the Bible that had the favor of God on them. And when you read their story, you're going to wonder why. Now, how do you receive the favor of God on your life? Now, there's probably, we've already just discovered some. I'm just going to point out three for the sake of time. But there are probably thousands of things that you can do uh, to help uh, receive the favor of God. Um, but most of these are not like uh, coming to church and tithing and it's not like acts of service. It's things that you can do spiritually. I think uh, we gave you some keys to the favor of God in your life with the Intimacy of God series. Uh, intimacy with your Heavenly Father, knowing Him, spending time with Him, waiting on and waiting for Him, obeying Him, right? Of course, you must be saved, so if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus uh, to be the Lord of your life, you have to start there, and we'll give you the opportunity at the end, but you don't have to wait for us to do that. You can stop right now and just say, Father, I don't want to wait another moment. Come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. I want your blessing and favor on my life. You don't have to wait for us. You can just do that right now. I believe that most of us want the favor of God on our lives. How many of us even want it while we're sleeping, right? God doing things on your behalf while you're snoring. Wow, who wouldn't want that? How do you receive the favor of God in your life? Number one, you must conquer unbelief. You must conquer unbelief. You have to first believe that the favor of God exists. You won't secure it in your life if you don't believe it exists. So, do you believe it? Do you? You don't have to believe me, believe God. Let me show you some of his words, just to prove to you that it is scattered all throughout the Bible, in case you don't believe Mark Lutcher. Ready? Here we go. This is just a couple snippets that I pointed out out of thousands of passages. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. And in the very next verse, it says, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Well, that's not fair. Why does mom and dad favor Josh over me? But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
These are the ones I look on with favor. Uh-oh, ding, ding, ding. I better pay attention to this passage in Isaiah 66 too. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. In other words, they're really afraid to sin because they don't want to upset their daddy. They want favor. The angel, this, this, this verse really bothers me. This bothers me. Out of all those verses I see on the screen, this really bothers me. Because I didn't know you could have special favor. I mean, how can you be favored and favored? How can you be doubly favored? The angel went to her, Mary, and I put Mary in there just so you know who we're talking about, Mary, and said, greetings, you who are, you say it. Say it again. Say it again. How many of you want to be highly favored by the Lord? Wow, there's another level? Must be. Pastor Mark didn't make this up. I didn't write this. The Lord is with you. You want to be highly favored? Make sure the Lord is with every word you say and every place you go and every song you listen to, every music that you put into your car and listen to. He's nodding off. It's okay. Everything. Can I say I'm there? No, but this is what I want, especially after reading highly favored. And this blew my mind. Did you know that Jesus found favor with God. Jesus even had to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. God opposes the proud, ding, 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 but shows favor to the humble, ding, ding, ding. These are just a few of many passages that speak about the favor of God, either on or not on someone's life. And I really hope, the reason why I read that is I hope this helps your unbelieving spirit. I wrote that to be funny. I hope this helps your unbelieving spirit. There is, there is such a thing as the favor of God. There must be or Moses wouldn't have prayed it over Joseph. And if the favor of God just came automatically by being a believer, why did Moses pray for it to come over a believer? It's not automatic. I can't tell you why someone hasn't, someone doesn't. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, both believers, one with favor, one without. We must conquer unbelief. There is such a thing as the favor of God. Number two, you must conquer pride. You must conquer pride. Now, let me try to explain this the best I can. You have to want the favor of God so much that you're willing to seek it until you get it. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You see, proud people, whether that is rich or poor, could believe this and even ask it once or twice. But proud people always have a plan B. What if God doesn't come through? What if God doesn't bless me? If God doesn't give me his favor, I'll make it through life. I'm not stupid. I have a degree. I've been to seminary. I know everything there is to know about church growth. Listen, I would love the blessing of God, but I'm not going to be charismatic about it. I'm good. I've got me. Listen, we must believe today that without the blessing of God on our lives, life will never be what He intended it to be for us. 
without God's blessing on our life, our life will never be what God intended it to be for us. Won't. I hope you want it so bad after listening to this that you will seek God's face for, your, for favor and blessing. And do not let your sin cancel you out. He will help you with that. Begin to ask for His favor on your life. Nothing can substitute the favor and blessing of God on our lives. Nothing can substitute the favor of God. Psalms 37.11 says, But all who humble themselves before the Lord shall be given, shall be given every blessing and shall have wonderful peace. So I'm thinking this word humble keeps popping up. We must do a study on the word humble. I don't need to always tell you what the word means. You need to go find out what it means. What does it mean to have a humble and contrite spirit? Google it, but just be careful where you get your information from. It's invisible. The favor of God is invisible. But I believe in it, and I will humble myself to get it. Listen, here's what I'm basically saying. We have to want this more than life. Because with it comes so many beautiful and powerful things that we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks. And once it starts in our lives, it's like a flowing river that you cannot stop. It goes from generation to generation. And when God blesses you, what demon can stop you? If you have the favor of God on your life, demons cannot touch you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, says the Lord. This is why we got to get it, guys. I know that's poor English, but this is why we got to get it. This is why we must have it. Because then no demon can touch me. No stronghold can attach itself to me. Number three. You must treasure and protect it. You must treasure and protect it. You must conquer unbelief. You must conquer pride. And the last thing that we're going to talk about today is you must treasure and protect it. The blessing of God can be lost. Do you know why? Because the Spirit of God can be grieved. You can have the blessing of God on you and then start gossiping about someone and God's going to warn you, do you want my blessing or do you want to indulge your tongue? Which one? And to guard the blessing, when God warns us and points our sin out, we have to confess, repent, and seek restoration. God, forgive me. Give me victory over this tongue in my mouth. Pull it out. This tongue. Right now. Because I want your blessing on my life. And this tongue was not meant to destroy people. This tongue was not meant to destroy people. It was meant to build people up. If you practice sin, you know, that pornography, that anger, that shame, that inappropriate sexual relationship, you have to get victory over it in order to protect the blessing of God on your life. Listen, if I get sloppy or if I neglect my relationship with Jesus, I could end up like Samson. Was Samson anointed by God? Was he chosen by God? Did he end up having his eyes gouged out? You know why? He didn't treasure the blessing. 
he wasn't careful. You know, this happens to a lot of ministers, pastors. They start out well. They have the favor of God on them, but they are like the church of Ephesus, and they lose their first love. They stop studying the Bible. They stop being careful. They believe they're famous and something special because they have a microphone. And the next thing you know, the blessing of God lifts off of them. And they're talking. Shoot, they're screaming. They're ranting and raving from the pulpit. But it's all empty words. There's no blessing. Listen, I have never wanted people to come here because of me. All I want them to say is God is in this place. God is with that group of people. Who's the pastor? I don't know, because there's no superstars in the kingdom. Only Jesus. One more verse and then we'll close. I added this this morning. I even had to add an extra slide. Did you know that when we find favor with God that we will also find it with man? You know, with your family, with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. You can have favor with your boss and he has no idea where it's coming from. He doesn't even realize he's showing you favor because it's invisible. Can you imagine walking around with an invisible shield of favor everywhere you go? You go into the grocery store and you're in line and you're going, boy, I wish this milk wasn't so expensive. I'll, I'll take a dollar off. I was just joking. I was just kind of complaining out loud. No, that's okay. In fact, you know what? Take it. I'll put the money in the register. I'm not saying that's how it works, but it can happen that way. See, we rush into buying a $40,000 truck when God was up there going, hey, listen, you have the favor of God on your life. I was going to provide you with a truck, but you didn't wait for me. I didn't realize I had the favor of God on me. I know you know people in this room that have the favor of God on them because you sense it. You see it. They get sent places like Russia and Panama because people want more of them because there's something about them that's attractive. There's something about them that changes lives and people can't get enough. You know what the hard part about being, having the favor of God is when to say no to Russia. I don't know if she's listening or not, but it's hard to actually balance what is God and what is me because all these people were grabbing at me. They want my attention. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Ding, ding, ding. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then, see, those are the key words in the Bible. I love to capitalize that. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and with man. Let's take out our connection cards. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Pastor Jim. What an anointed message. Listen, you, you, you probably, before we even get into this next week, you probably should just go and Google um, the Brooklyn Tabernacle and read their story. Their story is amazing. Why I left this book on my shelf for 12 years, I don't know, but maybe now's the time for us to ask God for favor. And favor does mean numbers. So we want the favor so much. Tommy, I want the favor of God on you so much that those people that decided to skip today will just want to be around you on Sunday. And they will never miss church because Tommy speaks something into my life every time I'm at church. Maybe you're here today and you never began a relationship with Jesus by trusting him with your life. If that's you, 
and you say, I don't want to walk another day of my life without the blessing of God on me, it has to start at salvation. Check box number one and say a prayer. Father, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for inviting me into your family. I'm going to trust you with my life. I know now that I don't have to be perfect. I can figure all that stuff out later. Maybe you just walked away from God and you've, you've sensed that the... Pre- now listen, this is, I'm talking to believers here. This is a believer. The box number two is for a believer. You just walked away and the blessing of God was lifted off of you and you want it back. I'm back, baby. I'm going to renew my relationship with the Lord because I want the favor of God in my life. Or number three, to learn to seek God for his blessing and favor until I get it. And then teach me, Lord, to treasure it and protect it. Place those in the baskets on the way out. I have one more thing we're going to do before we go. My prayer for you is to have and secure the favor of God in your life. Did you know, I hope after today you know this, but I'm going to still ask it. Did you know that someone else can secure the favor of God in your life? Did you know that? I can pray it over you and you can receive it. How do I know that? That's what Moses did. He prayed it over the 12 tribes. So that's how we're going to close today. I want you to, everyone to stand. And if you physically can, stand. I want you to turn and I want you to form some small groups. We are all going to pray the favor of God over each other. So if you're by yourself, go to a group. Just go to someone. Small groups, no more than four or five. So if you're already over six, then you need to split so we can get through this quick. Like three or four. If you're new here, you don't have to pray. We will pray for you. Just tell the group that you pass. I want to make sure, this is what I want to make sure, that even if it's just one person in the group, you decide how you want to do it. If it's just one person praying, I want every name in that group mentioned. So if you don't know who you're praying for, just stop and ask them for their name. And I want you to say, Teresa, I pray favor for your family, your job, your finances, spiritual growth, your health, your future, your calling, whatever it is. But I need you to speak out their name and then end it within the name of Jesus, the favor of God on your life. After a couple of minutes, whether you're finished or not, just keep praying. I'm going to close in prayer. All right, go ahead. In the name of Jesus, we just heard today that the blessing that comes from, from, to a church starts with us. But we just prayed for that. Everybody in this room, the blessing of God in favor. But Father, as a church, we humbly bow before you in the spirit. And we say, Father, bless us. Bring favor that we cannot explain, that the community cannot explain, that the state and the country is going to hear about this church. And they're not going to be able to explain the favor and the open heaven that's over this church. And it will have to do with numbers. And it will have to do with new, bigger buildings. But that's not what we are concerned about. What we are concerned about, Father, is pleasing you in having your blessing and your favor on us. Help us to turn from our wicked ways so that we can be blessed and we can be holy in your sight. Help us to choose you over our flesh. We want to be blessed as a church. In the name of Jesus, everybody say, in the name of Jesus, the blessing of God, the favor of God on Light and Life Church. Amen.